0: Last week, Pastor Cook began this sermon series called Chasing Carrots. Uh, this idea of like, like a hamster in a wheel. You keep chasing and chasing and chasing, but never get what you want or what you're looking for. Now, so, so many times in life that, that describes us, right? We're chasing after things that either we can't get or they just don't satisfy. And, and last week, Pastor Cook had that great illustration of those cups. And, and sometimes what we try to fill our life with just keep Draining, And the only thing that really will fill and satisfy your life is Jesus. Now, if you happen to miss last week, I encourage you strongly to to go to our YouTube channel or Facebook and get caught up. It is going to be well worth the effort. Today, we're going to build on last week. And today, we're going to look at something that we all have. Unless you were born a minute ago, we all have a past. And you know this from experience. Your past has the power to influence your present. I've been reading through a book. Um, it's a, a book describing how the effect of trauma what that trauma can have on someone. I've been reading it to, to learn more about those who are affected by trauma and then, of course, how to, how to better minister to them. The, the book is called The Body Keeps the Score. And if you're talking about trauma experience a, as a child, that's not just psychological. That, that can be physical. And, and the effects of it on an adult cannot just be psychological, but also physical. The, the brain, how it, it operates... Affects entire body and wow, our past definitely can influence powerfully our present. That is true of so many things. Um, so, so maybe to, to, to think of it this way, I can think of a, a kid pulling a wagon. This is a cute little picture, but no matter your age. It's like we're pulling this, this trailer, this wagon. And of course, the more we live, the, the more experiences we have, the more we're carrying with us from the past. And, and some of those things can be quite simple. It can be um, who you root for, for an NFL, an NFL team. You know, if, if your dad rooted for the Bears, maybe that means you root for the Bears. Or maybe you're like that one kid who, if dad rooted for the Bears, that means you would root for the Packers. Our past can influence us, right? How our parents raised us certainly influenced how we may raise our own children. How they spent their money certainly affects how we spend our money. Um, how mom or grandmother cooked food influences us. We, we make the same recipes. How they um, spent their time. If you grew up in a household where it's go, 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 well, whenever you have some free time, that, that's what you... You want to do. Our past can have powerful influences on our present. And that's also true of how we deal with things. How our parents dealt with strong emotions and, and, and a crisis affects how we deal with it ourselves. How Jesus was in their lives affects us. If Jesus wasn't... A thing for your parents. If going to church wasn't a thing that you did, this it it still probably feels a little weird. And maybe your parents went to church every Sunday, but they never—that's all they did. So they never talked about Jesus throughout the week, and so that can influence you today in so many ways. Our past has power to influence today. For those who've been physically assaulted and there's trauma like that as a childhood, or maybe if you've been in an abusive relationship, that definitely has powerful influence on you today. Now, today we're not going to delve into that. That could be his whole sermon series right there. But let me just say that this. If if that describes you, please reach out to Pastor Cook or myself. Help is available. But like I said, we're not going to focus today on on the past of what someone else did to you. Today our focus is more on what we did. And when we look at that, a very powerful thing comes to mind. Guilt. David was very familiar with guilt. This is what he said in Psalm 32. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. I'll talk about David in just a few minutes. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to just people watch. Maybe you've been at the airport and you're waiting, you know, for a few minutes or an hour or more for your plane, and you're just sitting there and you're watching people. and And you see everything at the airport. You see tall and short. You see all sorts of hair. You see different. You hear different languages. You, you see young and old, married and, and not, children, no children. I mean. All this variety of what God has has created, and if you're attuned to it, if you pay attention enough, you'll be able to pick out when someone is—they have something that's bothering them. Their body language, the way they walk, the way they just—they look, and it looks like they have the weight of the world. On them. And one of those things that can weigh so heavy on someone is guilt. Guilt over what a person has done in the past as they're pulling that wagon behind them. That, that guilt can drive people to do some destructive things. It can drive someone to, to avoid someone or, or a place or a situation. Going back to that woman at the well. You remember when I said that the time was when she came out to the well to get water? Noon, right in the middle of the day. Right when the sun was the highest and the hottest. That's the worst time of the day. To do manual labor. That means She drew water, put it in a container, and had to carry those heavy jars of water back home. That's the worst time of day. So why would she do that? I wonder if guilt over her past meant that she wanted to avoid being around people because everyone else knew about it. Guilt can drive us to do things that are not, not good, not healthy, even destructive. Guilt can drive someone to... to to abuse alcohol or, or be in some addictive behavior or to avoid situations, to isolate yourself. Guilt can, can cause a person to lash out at other people. Guilt can, can just weigh a person down. And that, that weight is exactly what David in the Bible understood. L- listen again to what he said. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Okay. It felt like God was heavy on David. I'm not talking, you know, one of those heated and weighted blankets that make you feel all nice and cozy. No, that this is something you don't want. David understood that firsthand. I don't know how much you know about David's life. He, he was a king of Israel. Pretty good king. But that power got to him. And millennia before there was ever a Me Too movement, there was a Me Too moment. A woman who was a citizen of his kingdom, whose wife Uriah was in the military and had been deployed for war, a very beautiful woman, David abused his power and slept with her. And David probably thought that was it. But she became pregnant. And so Uriah, her husband, proved himself to be more loyal, patriotic, godly than David. David ended up giving an order that ultimately caused Uriah's death. If you want to get all the details, it's 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. That should have been it. No one else knew about this, just David and Bathsheba. No one else. No one else except God. And the weight of that guilt pushed heavy on David. Again, look what he said. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. we can understand that feeling. Because whatever that wagon is that we're pulling or whatever the things are in that wagon, there's guilt. Guilt from the past. Now that, 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 that heavy weight can, can certainly show in how a person looks, but the, the flip is also true. When someone doesn't have that guilt, it can also be seen. And that's our next point. Happy people are at peace. Peace with others. Peace with themselves. But mostly, peace with God. And you can see that. David actually experienced that himself. This is what he said in the very next verse. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said... I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Okay, there's a lot in this verse. David said he, he'd confess his sins. He, he wouldn't hide anything. he just put it all out there. He, he, he wouldn't say, yeah, I, I did wrong, but you know, Bathsheba, she also, he didn't do that. He didn't say, yeah, but, but she just, I, I couldn't help it. He confessed it all. And this confession, it it wasn't for God. It's not like God was sitting up there and, oh, thank you, David, for for telling me that. I didn't know that had happened. Confession is not for God. Confession is to God. But it's really for us. It's removing that barrier that we already have placed there between us and God. And what's it say at the end? You forgave the guilt of my sin. I ran across this quote from a Bible commentator. If you think that God's primary goal for you is that you be an example of moral goodness rather than a trophy of His grace, you'll never be honest about your deepest sins, struggles, and secrets. Ever. You'll always feel the pressure to pretend you're better than you truly are. I hope you understand what that means. I... I want this to, to, to describe us here at Trinity. That this is a place to call home, but, but it is a place where we, we don't judge and point at other people's sins, but instead this is a place of a, a hospital for those who are hurting. That This is a place where instead of pointing at sin, we're pointing to each other and saying what Jesus did. I want this to be a place where we remind each other Your sins are forgiven. That's what this is. That's what this is all about. You don't need to get rid of your guilt. Jesus already did. If you're watching online for the first time, if you're here visiting... If anything, I want you to leave with this because this is the most important thing. You don't have to get rid of your guilt. Jesus already did. He is the one who had no guilt himself, no sin in himself, but took our sin upon himself. This building here has so many reminders that Jesus has gone and take, He's taken care of our guilt. He's taken care of our sin. Yeah, of course, you have the stained glass window up there. right? Jesus right there. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. You have the cross that's right on top of the altar there. You have the stained glass windows that are on the side that remind you of what Jesus has done. You have the wood carvings on the altar and there on the wood. Even on the sides of the pews. You have communion as a reminder of it. Holy baptism. Even the shape of this building is in the shape of a cross. So many reminders. You don't need to get rid of your guilt. Jesus already did. He's the one that came into this world. Live that perfect life, who, who offered that perfect life as a sacrifice on the cross to pay for all of our sins. Jesus took care of it all. I love how in the original Hebrew of the psalm, the word that's translated forgive literally means to lift up or, or to carry off when we are burdened by the guilt of our past, Jesus comes and lifts. He carries off that burden. Your guilt, your past, has been taken care of. And so, moving forward then. Confess your sins to God. Like David did. Openly, honestly, holding nothing back. We do it every time in church, but don't do it just once a week. Do it every day. And then, the next thing is, is um, harder. Confess your sins to those you may have hurt. We could do a whole sermon series on this, couldn't we? But let me just say this. Whatever they do or say does not affect what Jesus has done with your past. And then finally, rewrite the plaque you know how some uh, buildings or some locations have these plaques that, that tell the, the history, the, what, what maybe a, a battle happened on this location, or they tell the, the significance of, of this place? You know, th- those plaques are, are there to, to share from generation to generation and remind, tell each generation what, why this is important and, and the historical significance of it. In our minds, we, we kind of have those plaques, don't we? Those plaques that, that we've made that remind us of what happened. The devil's really good at reminding us of what we've done wrong in the past. And sometimes we're really good at that too. So when that happens, when you're reminded of the guilt of your past, rewrite that plaque in your mind. And instead of it being a reminder of your sin, of your failure, rewrite it so that it is a reminder of God's grace. Because God's grace is greater than your past. Now I'm going to close with a video. And if you've come through our, our membership process in the last few years, you've probably seen this video. I love it. It is a humorous video, but it... it um, it illustrates beautifully what we've been talking about, our, our past. Um, to, to get the, the most out of the video, you need to look at everyone's name tag. It's called Flaws of Biblical Proportions." All right, next up, um, King David. Thanks for coming, King David. What qualifies you to be our next small group leader? <clears throat> well, what was that word you used uh, before my name? Uh King? King, right. How many of those am I up against? My strengths, uh, plagues. I'm pretty good with the staff. Can't decide who gets the last brownie? Cut it in two. Boom. Wisdom. Um, (laughs) parting larger bodies of water. Desert survival skills. Weaknesses. (laughs) Weaknesses. (laughs) Mountain climbing. Um, Commandment retrieval. Does that look weak to you? And I can make a pretty mean goat sausage. Okay, I mean, maybe haircuts, women, whose isn't. <laughs> so I lied, I said my wife was my sister. They were gonna kill me. <laughs> Why are we even getting into this? I'm just not sure we're comfortable with you in a leadership position. Look, it, it, Jesus Christ himself called you Satan. He was trying to make a point. Get thee behind me, Satan, I believe is the exact quote. Uh, Bathsheba. I knew you were gonna go there. It was a rock to the back of the head. I really regret that it happened. And that's when you slept with the maid? My wife said she was fine with it. Abraham. What? Come on. Okay, timeline. Uh, First, I slept with his wife. No, 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 no. I didn't kill Christians. Then I lied to him. I was just watching people's coats. Then I had him killed, okay? They killed Christians. It's a long time ago. Besides, that was a different guy. That was Saul. I've ever killed anyone. Why? You got somebody giving you beef? Huh? You do something taking care of? Where's the app? Yo, bring it, huh? Didn't you deny Christ three times? No. Nah, I'm pretty sure you did. No. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Okay, I did. No, I've never killed anyone. Why would you even ask that question? This is the guy. Hold on. I, I mean, I do have some questions about my qualifications. I've never been to seminary. Oh, you'll do fine. I really don't have a whole lot of experience. Do you love God? Yeah. Do you want to help people? Sure. Do you have a harem? No, I don't have a harem. <laughs> All right, we're good then. Thank you. Let me, let me think about this for. Oh oh, okay. oh, wait a second. Look who has them? Still got the tablets. <laughs> I love that video. But in a very humorous and yet perfect way, it illustrates how God views our past, right? People like David. Paul, Moses, Abraham, uh, they were not perfect people. God used them. You see, God's grace is greater than our past. So, the trick, if you will. How we're able to not let that wagon we're pulling behind us pull us down and feel that weight that how we get past our past is to see, to, to, to focus on, to, to, to know, to, to rest in how God looks at it. His grace is greater than our past. Our past guilt, it is forgiven. And not only does He bring us into His kingdom, He wants to use us as part of His kingdom. And so, my friends, see and focus, chase, if you will, what Christ has done. Because when you focus on that, that's when you can move past your past. Amen. Please stand. And let's let's have a prayer. Lord Jesus. Thank you for what you did for every one of us. Sometimes, Lord, our, our past can haunt us. Our past can control us, and, and, and guilt can, can move us to do things that do not help. Lord, help us, remind us of what we heard from you today. That your grace, your love, your forgiveness is greater than our past. May we always focus on that. In your name we pray. Amen.